Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. If you're fascinated by the darker sides of humanity, join us every week on our podcast, Serial Killers, where we go deep into notorious true crime cases. With significant research and careful analysis, we examine the psyche of a killer, their motives and targets, and law enforcement's pursuit to stop their spree. Follow Serial Killers wherever you get your podcasts and get new episodes every Monday. Hello, I'm Blair Bathory, and this is the Something Scary Podcast. Thank you so much for being here, whether this is your first time or you're one of the brave souls who join us every week. Welcome. They say youth is wasted on the young. As a teen, you have all the energy and potential to be, do, and have whatever you can dream. But when dealing with school, college applications, social media followers, and dating, Being a teenager can be a nightmare, particularly when you add in supernatural threats and anyone who might want to do you harm. Adulting will be easy if you can make it through high school alive, that is. First, a deadly rivalry, followed by twisted games, then serendipity or karma. Finally, in our featured story, a babysitter killer. So, Want to hear something scary? Tortured Teens We all feel the societal pressure to be the best, but is it worth dying for? Like in this story by our featured writer, Caitlin Riley. The pressure of high school can be deadly, and it certainly was for Jen and Diane, who had been academic rivals since kindergarten. The competition only got more fierce in senior year. Jin was desperate to be valedictorian, but Diane was always just a smidge ahead of her. Jin would sometimes dream of pushing Diane off a building or hitting her with her car, anything to knock her off competition. Not like she would ever do that, of course. And anyway, even if Jin wanted to, she didn't have a car to hit Diane with. Diane was the rich girl who drove a shiny new BMW, while Jen took the bus and worked at a fast food restaurant to save up for college. Meanwhile, Diane was always displaying her pricey purses and jewelry and loved strutting the hallways in her fancy boots, which would make a very loud clack sound as she walked. That sound drove Jen nuts, 
mostly because it reminded Jin that Diane was nearby. One day, Jin noticed Diane showing off her new designer bag that was a gift from her father for getting straight A's. Jin decided she had enough of her nemesis getting everything she wanted. It just wasn't fair anymore. And so Jin did a not so great thing. She swiped the purse from Diane's gym locker. She didn't plan on keeping it. It was only to take Diane down a few pegs. Jin stashed the purse inside one of the toilet tanks in a broken stall and smiled smugly, thinking how freaked out Diane would be to not have her precious designer toy. Unfortunately, what Jin didn't realize was Diane had a terrible case of asthma and an emergency secret inhaler stashed in her purse while clapping chalkboard erasers for her teacher, such a teacher's pet. Jin would say, Diane started choking on the dust. She sputtered and coughed until eventually she couldn't get any air out at all. As Diane's face went from red to blue to white, the blood vessels in her eyes popped. In horror, Jin watched as Diane fell to the floor. She was dead. Riddled with guilt, Jin couldn't believe her seemingly harmless prank caused something so awful to happen to her frenemy until she learned from her teacher that she was officially valedictorian of her class. That really softened the blow for Jin. One day, Jin was writing her valedictorian speech in an empty classroom. As she was musing on her academic achievements and how far she had come, she was interrupted by a noise, a noise she had not heard for months, that clacking. It sounded just like someone was walking down the hallway in thick-soled boots, but not just any boots, Diane's boots. Jen checked the hallway, but it was empty. But the sound just got louder, like the footsteps were getting closer and closer to Jen. And then they abruptly stopped. Jen tried to shake what she was hearing. She went back to writing her speech, but when she looked down, her words were not there anymore. Instead, it was just a sentence written over and over again. I killed Diane. I killed Diane. I killed Diane. Jen threw her pencil across the room, panicked. Was she going mad? She did feel feverish. Jen decided to go to the bathroom to splash some water on her face and calm down. But when she turned on the faucet to pour water into her hands, thick, dark red liquid poured out into the sink. And when she looked up, Diane's face was staring at her, right in the mirror except Diane's face wasn't how Jen remembered it. It was the face of a decaying corpse. You don't deserve to be valedictorian, Diane hissed at Jen. You're a monster. <laughs> I know where you stashed the bag, Diane said with a laugh. They're all going to find out it was you. Jen, terrified, backed away from the sink, which was now overflowing with that red liquid causing puddles of it to pool on the floor. Jen tried to run away, but in her haste, she slipped. Her head hit the tile floor with a sickening crack. Later that night, the school janitor found Jen shivering on the ground in a pool of water. She was clutching that purse, the one that she hid from Diane. There was no blood in the sink, and Jen's valedictorian speech was full of her academic achievements. Nothing about her killing Diane. Jen's parents took her to a psych ward who said that she was suffering from extreme anxiety due to all the pressure she had put on herself over the years. The death of her academic competitor 
was just the thing that pushed her over the edge. Jen was relieved for the diagnosis. She even appreciated the time off from school. After all, she was striving so hard to be the best that it made her see ghosts. Well, maybe she was really working just too hard. Jen went to sleep that night, determined to turn over a new leaf. Her life would no longer be about being the best. She would find out who she was outside of being the school valedictorian. Except, in the middle of the night, Jen woke up to a sound. It was that very same clacking. Was Jen just imagining the sound, like the doctor said? Was her brain playing tricks on her? Or was that hospital doorknob really turning? Jen dove under the covers, hoping and praying it was just a dream, or a hallucination, or anything that she feared it really was, the specter of her old rival. She felt a deathly cold hand press itself against her cheek. Then she felt a cold breath in her ear. Oh, Jen, you didn't think I'd ever really leave you, did you? Who is your rival? Is it all in good fun? Or do you ever fear your life might be in danger? Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. We are all lucky to live in a time with such advanced technology. But when you see a group of people glued to their cell phones, you might say we're all zombies already. Like in this story, inspired by Christopher Barron. Tracy was your average high school student, obsessed with the newest app-based game, Zombie Bite. The objective was to remain human as long as possible. Once you were bitten, the game was over for that day. The longer you stayed human, the higher the score. Tracy was reigning champion. In the month since the game's release, she had yet to be bitten, One Friday before school, she got a text from her friend, Zoe, telling her to check the new update. Tracy, always wanting an advantage over her victims, was excited. She opened the app. The graphics were sharper and the movement mechanics better than before, but not much else. Arriving at school, she saw Zoe standing by the lockers. She pulled her phone out and started the game. Her zombie slowly crept up on a still-living Zoe and struck. Zoe's phone instantly buzzed. She pulled it out. Suddenly, while looking at the notification of her character's death, she dropped her phone with a cry. Tracy ran up to 
check on her friend. Something zapped me, she said, picking up her phone. They both looked at her hand. It was red, but nothing odd. They went on to class and thought nothing more of it. The next day at their lockers, Tracy tapped Zoe on the shoulder. Zoe slowly turned around. Tracy gasped at her friend's appearance. Her eyes had terrible bags underneath them. Her face looked as if it had started to sink in. Dude, are you sick? Tracy asked. No, Zoe said. I didn't sleep last night. Spent all night trying to catch up on bite. Tracy chuckled. Their friendship was based on competitiveness. On their way to math, Tracy noted how Zoe was moving and speaking slower than usual. She chalked it up to tiredness. At lunch, Zoe ambled over with her tray. Tracy tried to speak to her, but Zoe was barely in her seat when she began tearing into her food. Tracy was a bit shocked. At that point, similar noises echoed all around. At every table, there was one or two students behaving similarly. When Zoe had finished, she reached over to Tracy's tray and snatched up a piece of fruit, scarfing it down. Zoe, something is definitely wrong with you, Tracy said, alarmed. Zoe shrugged it off as just being hungry. Tracy grabbed her friend, intent on taking her to the nurse. She dragged Zoe down the hall, literally. Tracy sat Zoe down in a chair and checked her in with the nurse. As the nurse came to check on Zoe, a shriek echoed through the halls. Tracy ran outside and followed the sounds. She turned the corner and saw blood. The lockers, the floor, all were covered in blood. At the center of it, two students, neither recognizable. More screaming came as more students saw the carnage. There was a trail of bloody footprints leading down the hall and security following them. Tracy went home not knowing what had happened. The next day, only half the students were in class. Tracy hardly believed she was there herself. Then, morning announcements began. Good morning, students. I'm making this announcement to address the incident from yesterday. We lost two students from a senseless and vicious act from another student. Upon speaking with the parents of the students responsible, they all noted that the students may have been attempting to recreate events of a popular game called Zombie B. The announcement was cut off, and the principal's screaming could be heard over the speaker. The assistant principal came on. Do not be alarmed, the assistant principal said in the same slow tone Zoe had a few days ago. Everyone, please go outside. The whole class looked at the teacher, who was equally confused and scared. He cautiously opened the door and was yanked outside. He cried out in pain. What followed next sounded like an odd combination of moaning and crunching. Tracy headed to the door. She held her hand over her mouth to stifle a scream. The teacher's body was on the ground, blood everywhere. He was almost hidden by several students crowding around him, knelt over his body. Unfortunately, another student wasn't able to contain their horror. The noise alerted the ones that were on the ground who looked exactly like zombies. Their skin sunken in, hair falling out. Then she saw Zoe in the middle of the pack. Her beautiful braids were gone and one eye as well. The students in the classroom started ambling towards her. One tripped over the door frame. The zombies crowded, devouring him. Tracy turned to run the other way. Everywhere she looked, she saw someone either reaching to her for help or to feed. She ducked down a hallway that looked clear. 
Nobody there was moving, everyone dying or dead. She was tired from running. She looked up to the end of the hallway. There was an exit door. Tracy. A familiar voice growled behind her. It was Zoe. She was reaching out, her horrid breath making Tracy gag. Zoe's fingers were centimeters from her face. I'm sorry, Tracy said. She kicked Zoe as hard as she could. The force sent her friend into a row of lockers. Tracy darted down the hall and flung open the exit. She slammed it shut and slid down the wall. The area in front of the school looked clear. Tracy wept, but this time from relief. She had survived. Instinct made her reach for her phone to call for help. As she took it out, before turning the screen on, she got a notification. She only saw it for a second before a painful shock ran through her hand. On the phone was a notification from Zombie Bite. You've been bitten. Have you ever been so obsessed with a game it's taken over your life? Would you be physically and mentally prepared to act out your favorite game in real life? What we put into the universe comes back tenfold. So we better hope it's what we really want or we could suffer the consequences forever. Like in this story written by Janine Pipe. Erin was mad. She was absolutely sick of never being picked for the things she believed she was entirely qualified for or even entitled to. She was a senior, had to put in the time on yearbook, dedicated hours to the school newspaper, and yet when the pivotal roles were allocated or awards handed out, she never got a look in. And today took the cake. She had been on the paper since she was a sophomore She had turned in a report every week without fail, never missing a deadline. And yet, Tracy Turner, a junior no less, had gotten the editor post Aaron had been coveting since freshman year. It had been the last chance for her to add something extra special to her college transcript. And someone not even applying for another year had swooped in and taken it from her. So now Aaron sat in study hall, seething. Maybe because she was seeing red her memory was suddenly jogged when her former BFF Paige walked by. When she and Paige were in elementary school, if someone got the best snack or was picked to jump rope before them, they would play the dead game. It was silly and harmless. Basically, they'd gleefully describe how that person would die. Told off for chatting in homeroom, Miss Power was going to get run over by the school bus. Not invited to Addison's skating party? Too bad the birthday girl fell off and broke her neck on the ice. They made lists of people who had done them wrong and always started the game with the same words. You are invited to the dead game. Of course, they were silly and juvenile and just words, but these pretend punishments for ill-doing always made the girls feel better. Once they left junior high, Paige drifted from Aaron, finding a new set of friends, a boy, and all the things they'd once dished out on the dead game on other people for. By senior year, despite maintaining good grades and non-academic activities, Erin had next to no one. Seeing Paige stroll by hand in hand with her latest boyfriend, not only resurfaced the memory of their game, but also tipped Erin over the edge. The girl she'd spent so many hours with at sleepovers and holidays didn't even look her way. 
Later that evening, Erin sat at home, staring at the report she was about to submit to Miss Leone, the faculty advisor on the school paper. Despite her bitterness, she enjoyed writing it, doing the research. But now, as her hand hovered over Sind, she felt the resentment building. Lacey Turner, she seethed. You are invited to the dead game. I don't care how, I just wish you dead. The next day, she woke late and hurried into school, just making it to homeroom and barely registering the gossip and chattering around her. She caught the tail end of a whispered conversation before the teacher shut it down. Don't think she'll pull through. What were they talking about? She soon found out. Lacey had been involved in a terrible hit and run and was in a coma in Madison General in a very bad way. Erin spent the rest of the day in a daze. She couldn't have caused this. There was absolutely no way. It was just a tragic coincidence. When she was called on during English, she jumped. Erin, can you please go to the faculty lounge? Miss Leon wants to see you. She gulped and headed up to the second floor, a belly full of worms as she knocked on the door, expecting the worst, although she didn't know how the teacher would know about her wish about the game, but to her surprise, Miss Leone just wanted Aaron to be acting editor, which she accepted graciously while singing inside. Finally, she was getting what she deserved. Lacey's accident hadn't just been a coincidence, it was serendipity. As she headed back to class, she whispered, Paige Francis, I invite you to the dead game. She'd hoped Paige's dumb boyfriend would wind up somehow injured too, would serve them both right. In fact, she'd hoped they were both killed outright, so she didn't have to wait around. She actually laughed out loud as the thought crossed her mind. She was so caught up in her nasty thoughts that she didn't see the janitor's cart at the top of the steps, didn't see the mop bucket had tipped slightly and therefore did not safely maneuver around the puddle. Instead, she stepped right into it as she hurried back to class and slipped slipped and toppled down the hard high school steps before landing smack at the bottom in such an awkward fashion that her neck snapped and she died immediately. You see, of course, it had been simply a terrible, tragic coincidence with Lacey. There's no such thing as the dead game, but karma, that exists. And you never know when being a bad person might just catch up with you. Have you ever secretly wished harm on someone? Did you want that wish to come to fruition? Do you think it was just a coincidence? Did you think something supernatural was happening? In our final story, join my co-host Stephanie as she tells the tale of a babysitter in trouble and is now animated over on our YouTube channel. How can a babysitter really protect the children in their care if they can't even really protect themselves? Jenna's part-time babysitting gig started as soon as a school bell rang. And although the job had not been exactly planned, Jenna loved watching soccer with all the kids. Especially since earlier that year, the company Jenna's father founded had been hit by the bad economy. He had to let go of most of his employees, including his longtime friend. 
Due to the financial hardships, Jenna babysat Kyle as part of her efforts to help out and not be a burden. While Kyle played with her friends, Jenna took her eyes off him to check her phone. As she took off her hoodie to get more comfortable, she noticed that there were a couple of text messages from her friends and one from Sergio, the guy who had asked her to prom. She hadn't said yes yet, but she was leaning towards it. She was about to respond to him when another text came in from an unknown number. It read, nice red tank, Jenna. She laughed thinking it was a friend playing a prank, but then she realized no one saw her red tank at school. She had kept her hoodie on all day. Whoever was texting was there with her. This made her so uneasy and she started to think to herself, wait, Kyle. She looked over at him, still playing. He probably texted her while she wasn't looking. She texted him back, ha ha, scoffing at him on the outside. But panic set in after his phone dinged from his backpack. Wait, it's not Kyle? She scanned the park for anyone she knew or anyone who looked suspicious. There were so many unfamiliar faces. Anyone could be a danger. There was no doubt that someone was watching her. In a hurry, she gathered up all of Kyle's belongings and pulled him off the field. He began dragging his feet, whining that he did not want to leave, but Jenna managed to get him to pick up the pace alongside her. He started to shout that it wasn't fair. They had a decent walk ahead of them, so Jenna didn't want to scare him. She needed to keep him safe. Thinking quickly, she told him if they raced and he beat her home, he could have ice cream for dinner. And with that, Kyle took off. Jenna ran behind him, eyeing every stranger they passed. When they got home, she locked the door and finally took a breath. As promised, she gave Kyle ice cream. They played a little and then it was bedtime. Waiting for Kyle's parents to return, her phone buzzed again. It was the same unknown number. Reluctantly, she opened the message. It was a picture of Kyle in bed, sleeping. Oh my God, she said. She immediately dialed 911, flying up the stairs to Kyle's room. She burst through the door and Kyle was gone. No, she screamed. Her back was touched by a hand and she screamed at the top of her lungs and spun around. It was Kyle. He was walking back from the bathroom and scared her. Moments later, the police arrived. An officer took their statements, but the conclusion was it was a teen prank. With no other evidence or motive, they told Jenna to call them if she had any more trouble. But at that moment, they could do nothing. The days that followed, Jenna could hardly sleep or eat. She didn't want to sit with her friends at lunch and everyone had become a suspect. She even accused Sergio of being her stalker because she hadn't agreed to go to prom. She should have been picking up Kyle from the park when the bell rang, but she couldn't do the babysitting job she was so perfect at. Afterwards, it was straight to home. Her eyes darted all over the place, always on alert. Her parents tried to get her to come out of her room to relax, but she refused locking her bedroom door. One night while her parents were out, Jenna's phone rang. As Jenna had cut off all her friends, all she could do was get closer to finding out who was taunting her. She looked and there it was, incoming call, unknown number. Oh, not again, Jenna whispered. She picked up. There was heavy breathing before a deep voice taunted. 
What's your favorite scary movie? Suddenly, there was a loud bang on the front door. Although she was probably safe in her room, she had enough of feeling helpless. Whoever this was had already taken everything from her. She went downstairs an inch towards the door, heart pounding in anticipation, only to find her father's longtime friend. Of course, she opened the door. She'd known the man for years. He flashed an uncharacteristic, creepy grin, then lunged at her. That's when two police officers leapt out of nowhere and tackled him to the ground. Jenna was shocked and confused. They've been following him ever since her first 911 call. They were waiting for him to slip up. His phone carried photos of Jenna and Kyle. He believed Jenna's father had ruined his life, so he was trying to ruin theirs. Later that night, Jenna went to bed thinking she could finally relax. As she drifted off, her phone rang. Sleepily, she answered and heavy breathing followed by a deep voice. What's your favorite scary movie, Jenna? You still haven't answered. This week's podcast stories were edited by Sarah Lukasiewicz, Janine Pipe, and Stephanie Strange. Narration by Blair Bathory and Stephanie Strange. Audio edited and mixed by Calvin Linderman. Additional audio editing by Fitz Harris. Art and graphics by Irma Richardson. Produced by Anna Villalobos. Executive produced by Gail Gilman. Music by Sapphire Sindalo and Calvin Linderman. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary@snarl.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com snarled. And if you'd like to support the show and everything we do at Snarled, join our Patreon at patreon.com snarled. Until next time, my spooky friends, sweet screams. <laughs>